Last night I had a dream, and in the dream, Lisa gave me a word in the dream. It's amazing how those things operate. And my, we was, uh, my family was sitting over here at the table, and I was sitting at the table. Lisa was sitting there, and some other crazy-looking family was sitting over to my right. I don't know what that was about. Don't get caught up in some of that extra stuff, y'all. And, so, uh, and so the word that she gave me is this. She said, as a general in this war, I will have to fight both sides in order to win. And at times, I will have to fight more with the spirit of religion than I will have to fight with the spirit of the world. Okay. And so as an ambassador of the kingdom of God, I will never be able to please those who represent the gates of hell. Neither will we be able to stop the religious spirit. Okay. And so, so there's a third phase of this ministry that we're getting ready to enter into that I'll mention at the end. I mean, it's all type of phases that we enter into, Kale. Um, and so, you know, let me share something with you. My wife and I believe that the Lord is having us make a slight turn in our personal life. It's going to also affect the ministry in regards to certain things. Well, let me, let me say up front what I was going to say in the end. When I visited Yonggi Cho, a uh, South Korean pastor, who time pastored the largest church in the world, you know, we come in order from America asking him all the 10 steps to the biggest church in the world. He's just shaking his head. He said, y'all, I got three steps. Three steps to our domination over here. He said much, I never forgot this. He said, and I never wrote it down. He said much prayer produces much power and much power produces much financial prosperity. And I never forgot that. He said, so because at, you know, they do it differently than we do over there. The, church went, the, the people went to the actual church and they did early morning prayer for two to three hours every morning. Okay. Well, with us, we do it on the early morning prayer call. Some people are up at early as three o'clock, you know, and you have a few people praying all the way to six. And in the six, all of us come on and pray. Um, and then afterwards, um, there are people on there praying sometimes up till 12 o'clock. That's five days a week. Okay. When you pray that way, that's praying in tongues is not for the purpose of irking and jerking. There's nothing wrong if you want to irk and jerk, folk. Somebody got offended when I said that one time. Again, let me say this for all the new people. When you go to a football game, there are three representations. You have the individual like me that sits there. He's watching the game. It's a football game. When they score a touchdown, I'm like, boom, yes, come on. That's, that's all the emotion that I got at the game. Okay? Then you got somebody else next to me that when they score a touchdown, this individual, what do they do? You know, they, they, they jump up. And, and they get the popcorn over everybody. Yes, come on. That's what I'm talking about. Then y'all know we got category three. It's 30 degrees outside. He out there in a pair of underwear with a Vikings hat on. Half his body is painted. And he got a big old keg of beer. Y'all know what I'm saying. All three individuals love the game, but their personalities were different. Always remember this. When you get saved, God changes your character, not your personality. So if you were a nerd before you got saved, you're going to be just as much a nerd after you get saved. Now, if you see praying in the Holy Ghost, you can become cool. That's what I did. But I was a nerd when I first got saved. Scripture says when you receive that, you turn into another individual. So the point that I'm making is praying in tongues. So you have people that have different levels of emotion. You have people that they just sit there and they just pray like this. You have other individuals, they walk back and forth. You have other individuals that at certain points, they going in hollering and screaming. It doesn't mean anybody is better or less spiritual or more spiritual. It just means we all have different personalities. Y'all got that. So praying in tongues is for empowerment mostly. It builds you up. It moves the future out of your way. It clears off debris off of your path so that you can move at a faster rate. Sometimes you'll be moving towards your destiny. And when it seems like you're standing still, your destiny is moving towards you. 
That's why some of you have had seasons in your life, and it just seems like you have no forward movement whatsoever because during that season, the Lord needed you to rest, and he was moving your destiny towards you while you were resting. And so, you know, these things are spiritually understood, not physically, okay? And so, um, so, so because of how much we pray, for you all that have been here in the beginning seven years ago, you can see that the ministry is taking a completely different turn than when we first started, okay? And so, you know, things that we are beginning to do every weekend, doing inner healing, deliverance, uh, you know, you name it, from healing to casting out demons. I mean, you name it. Okay, you see that. So this last stage, though, is the wealth stage where the members of the church start becoming wealthy. And that is already beginning to happen. But let me explain something because the Lord wanted me to remind us about something. Now, let me say something. My wife and I have always been very, very conservative in our personal lives. We have been conservative when it comes to everything. Um, and uh, we're, we're going and just from our look to everything, but I believe that we are going to change that a little bit um, for certain reasons, and I don't even necessarily know why. How many of you know you want your children to look pretty good? I think God wants his children to look pretty good, too. He doesn't want the pretty good to get you. You know what I mean? And so, uh, but let me explain something here because um, I was uh, watching something. I don't know how, oh, I remember. We were watching something, and then I television turned off. Oh, I was watching a UFC fight that I had recorded. So I hit the exit button and it just happened to be on BET because I think my wife was watching the NAACP awards or something recently. And so uh, it was the Dale Hughley show. And so you know how on some of these talk shows they go down a list of things and, and they'll say, oh, because I remember the first part that they were talking about was Joe Biden is in hot water because of, you know, stuff. I'm, I, everybody say opinion. I personally think, and I could be wrong, I think that's just, you know, I don't think he meant anything by what he did. Y'all know what I'm saying? Maybe not, so I'll just move past that, okay? I mean, I'm, no, I could be dead wrong. I mean, you have some men that are more affectionate than others. You know, you got picture after picture after picture of him giving people kisses and, and hugs and all that type of stuff. I don't think he was doing any freaky deaky stuff. I'm just saying, but I could be wrong. I wasn't there, <laughs> okay? So, but that was the first story. So then they said, okay, next story. And then they went into the next story. And the next story was Dale Hughley and his team um, rebuking John Gray. Y'all know who John Gray is. Pastor, he used to be under Joel Osteen. He's now pastoring. They put him over a, uh, uh, a, uh, it's a, what we call a mega church that used to be pastored by John Carpenter. And so, uh, and, and this was the headline. This is what they were saying he was out of order. They were saying that he was out of order because they asked the church members to, however you feel led, you know, help us raise money to put a new roof on the building. And uh, it cost $250,000. And so to put a new roof on this building was going to be about 120 grand. So, but that building, it was going to cost $250,000. And, so, uh, and so this is what was said. Uh, here these preachers go. Now, 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 if he was a real man of God, what he would do is, is that he would sell that $200,000 Lamborghini that he bought his wife and use that to pay for the roof. And they just going in, and they just going in, and they just going in. And, and, and we were looking at it, and I'm just slowly looking at my wife. And I'm like, yeah, I think my time has come to act a complete fool. And so, uh, so the Lord just began to speak to me about um, what is to come for this ministry. And I want to give you some information on this, okay? 
So now, first of all, it is true that John Gray bought his wife a Lamborghini for her birthday. Okay. Um, and so, of course, everybody was in uproar. You know what I mean by everybody. And so uh, he addressed this issue. He said, I did not use the church money to buy my wife a car. He said, the money came from the success of the books that I wrote and the reality show that I had when I was on the Oprah Winfrey Network. First of all, if he did use the money that the church paid him as a salary and he saved it up to buy his wife a Lamborghini, there's no problem with it. How I many you know? Why is it everybody got a right to buy what they want to buy except for me? I can tell you right now, somebody give me a Lamborghini, psh, and now if the Lord tells me to give away, I'll give away. If the Lord don't say nothing, I will be driving. Now, what I'm not going to do is take pictures and show it all over Facebook and Instagram, and that's just going to make people envious and jealousy and feel bad and talk about me. So I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to show drive it. Get a customs license plate to say revival on the back. And so what I thought what he said was so good. He said, a pastor didn't buy his wife a car. A husband gave his wife a gift. And he said, which is true. He said, I saved money for a long time to get her that. He said it did not come from church money. He said, when I was doing these books, you know, Joe Osteen has a Ferrari. Most people don't know our oh, rich preacher. Yeah, but he doesn't take a salary from his church, even though he has a right to. I get salary. Now, if a bit, let me tell you something about a salaried pastor. When it's a salary, it's set by a board. If one billion dollars comes into this church tomorrow, I don't get one penny of it because I'm salary. Y'all know what I'm saying? Why am I even telling y'all this? So he said, I've created and I've been patient for a long time for this one moment. He said, I'm 45 years of age. He said, am I supposed to wait until 70 to live my best life? He said, my best life is seeing my wife happy. Okay, so, so now keep in mind, the individual that is attacking him, DL, D, and I'm not, a, I'm not attacking D.L. Hughley, okay? We're talking about the mindset. D.L. Hughley's net worth is $10 million. And he lives in a very, very big mansion in California, and he has vehicles that are way over six figures. So the man who represents darkness has all of that prosperity. And this man can't say who, who represents righteousness. He can't save up and buy his wife a car. Well, you know, it costs too much based on. OK. OK. Let me just keep on going. So I wrote this statement down. What we're seeing the uh, what we're seeing today before our eyes is something where the ignorant voices that represent darkness want to hear and are looking forward to everything evil happening to the church and do not wish anything good for us. That's all it is. Okay. Psalm 112, 5 through 10. Psalm 112, 5 through 10. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. And they will have influence and honor. But the wicked will see this and be infuriated. They will grind their teeth in anger. They will slink away, but their hopes will be thwarted. In other words, they will wish for your demise, but that's all it'll be is a wish. <clears throat> so Satan wants those who belong to him to outshine those who belong to God. 
And when those who belong to God begin to outshine those who belong to the devil, the devil, along with those who live in his darkness, will become mad, infuriated, jealous, envious, etc. Because they really need for us, you all, to be broke. They really need for us to be poor because they need to be able to justify that they can be rich and, and they can be rich because they're not associated with God. To prove that God is fake. So when, when we start increasing, when we have good marriages, when we have good children and we have our health right and, and we look good and, and we bodybuilding and we dressing nice and we driving nice. We talk about no stupid stuff. There's a difference between a prosperity preacher and a money preacher. A prosperity preacher preaches what Jesus taught on it. I came to give you life a lot more abundantly. A money preacher says, well, you know, the Lord is able. We know that. Why are you saying that? Because you're getting ready to beg us to keep your little raggedy establishment going. Money preachers say, well, we, yeah, you ever been in the church? Well, let's have a $25 line, $50 line, $100 line, $1,000 line. I've seen one where they did a $10,000 line. And, of course, the biggest prophecies are the ones with the $10,000 line. I'll never forget, at a church years ago in Detroit. <laughs> I'll never forget this. I was dating this other girl. Yeah, that was the girl I was dating before I married my wife. So we, we went to this church because y'all remember Vanity that used to sing with Prince? Well, Vanity gave her life to Christ for real. And when she gave her life to Christ, she came, she became a fire and brimstone preacher. She putting everybody in hell. Y'all going to hell. I says, hey, 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 we understand that you're on fire. You ain't got to put us all in hell. Okay, so they promoted this church service by saying Vanity was going to be the guest speaker. I was like, oh, I got to go hear this. Let's go hear Vanity speak. She didn't went from whoop, whoop to now preaching the gospel. Okay, bam. So the service is supposed to start. Kept on going. Kept on going. I was like, well, it's about time for this to start. So mysteriously, watch this, the pastor comes out and he says, um, well, unfortunately, vanity is still in fair and, uh, fasting and prayer. And so she won't be here tonight. And it just so happened that we got this female nutty professor prophet that will replace her. I mean, no, that was a big old sham. OK, now my, my girlfriend at the time, she was the one that really wanted to go there. I was like, cool, I want to see it, too. As soon as they said that, I looked at her and said, watch this, you're about to see a show. <laughs> Within five minutes, the lady had all them lines, getting money. Oh, you're going to have a car next week. Oh, the Lord is going to send you a husband in two days. I mean, she was going at it. And I said to the girl, I said, it's time for us to go, lest we get struck by lightning when it comes through. <laughs> so that's a money preacher, begging three, four different offerings. Like, like mysteriously, another, another quarter showed up in your pocket. I'm sorry. Okay. So now let me, let me show you how, what this looks like. Because there are a lot of Christians that attack over this issue because of their ignorance. Yes, you do have a few out there that are idiots. You don't know what I mean by that. You do have a few out there that are fleecing the congregation. The reason why I said a few is because it is a few because if you're doing that, the government will come after you. There are very stringent rules when it comes to churches, y'all. Everybody ain't out here just stealing money. There are stringent rules when it comes to starting a church, what you can and cannot do. Very stringent rules because it's tax-free. So you got to follow these rules carefully. You get off track. They did an audit one time, and they, I can't remember what percentage of the church. It was very, very small. It might have been 1%. When they did the audit, it was $30 million in fines. So trust me. How many of you know the IRS wants some money? <laughs> yeah. They want some money. So, so if you're doing all of this stuff wrong, oh, they're coming after you. But listen to this. You know that our church is now connected to Nigeria. Um, there is something special 
coming out of Nigeria, even in, you know, I don't watch a whole lot of sports. I watch a little bit of car racing. Probably the biggest thing I watch is UFC. And, and what's going on in the, y'all know what UFC is, mixed martial arts. What's going on right now in the mixed martial arts words, they can't figure out why all of these Nigerian fighters are popping up and beginning to, beginning to dominate the field. It's a lot of stuff that's coming out of Nigeria and, and whatever they go into, they're beginning to dominate it. Dominate it. business, finance, medical, fighting, whatever it is, they're just going into it and dominate it. A lot of this is coming about because of prayers. Okay, but I'm gonna give you three examples of what we're talking about when it comes to unbeliever versus Christian. These are three, four different pastors. I'm gonna give you an example. This guy's name is Pastor Ayo. Pastor Ayo gives cars, money, taxis, sewing machines, and clothes to the poor on a regular basis every single week. But that's bad for the news. Once he received a jet as a gift, then that went viral. Second church, Deeper Life in Nigeria. They spent $3.5 million. They spent $3.5 million on a bridge just to help the community so that they would get rid of traffic congestion. For many years, Deeper Life has been feeding the poor for free. When they built an $8 million church in order to cater for its huge growth, then they came under attack for not giving the money to the poor. They were already feeding the poor free. But as soon as we try to do just a little something, we can't even have a church building the median. Redeemed Christian Church. Now, redeemed, my Bishop Oyedipo is Winner's Chapel. Redeemed Christian Church is another guy named Pastor Enoch. Them two dudes got all of Nigeria locked down. Pastor Enoch and his wife, I'm sorry, Redeemed Christian Church, they developed an entire forest into a city at no cost to the government. And that ended up helping to decongest uh, Lagos. But that wasn't good for the news, so they didn't want to report it, even though they asked them to. Pastor Enoch and Redeemed Christian Church, they built a rehabilitation center for use overtaken by drug addiction. News wouldn't report that. The church built 50 miles of road connecting the city to the freeway. Y'all know how much it costs to build 50 miles? It costs money to put cement in your driveway. 50 miles of road connecting so that it would be able to help the community get easily to the expressway. He, yeah, he's opened 12,000 satellite churches around the world. 12,000. 12,000. CNN has this pastor on record as having the biggest open air church meeting on record where 7 million people showed up at one service. They were able to do this by satellite, CNN. Countless have gotten saved, countless have gotten healed, delivered, countless amounts of millions of dollars, homes and cars have been given to the poor. And the man has been married to the same woman for 50 years. Yet, when he visited four countries in order to give them aid on a private jet, that was the only thing that went viral. Rich preacher taking all of the congregation members with a, with a Learjet. Where were you at when we were giving all this million dollars every single year to all of the congregation members? And Oyudipo is clowning so bad. Oyudipo, y'all, I was there and saw it for myself. I mean, you know, when, when you know, in America we say a church got a city, and no, y'all just bought a block down the street and put a couple of, you know, chicken wing places and a dollar store in it. You know what I'm saying in America? That's all that is. But over, the, I mean, imagine a church that owned the entire city of Atlanta, brought it all down to the ground to start over, starts building homes that over here would cost two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars, but sell it to the congregation members for twenty grand. <laughs> Y'all, I was just like, 
I don't even know if I want to go back to America. Lord, I might just need to stay over here. Okay, Bishop Oedipo, my pastor, who has been rated by Forbes as the richest man in the world. They rated him at 150 million. He laughed at that. David Oedipo, he's been married for 35 years. When his wife became sick and close to death and paralyzed, that went viral. When she got supernaturally healed in one moment, they wouldn't report it. Church is debt free, has 22,000 employees, pays for the employees housing. They have 1,500 assistant pastors who are given a car. They have built hospitals, schools, universities. They have their own banks, their own water plant, and their own electricity power plant. They have no reliance on the government whatsoever. It is a church in an entire city that is self-contained. His universities in less than 20 years rank amongst the top universities in the world ahead of many much older universities. News didn't report that. Landmark University operates the largest scholarship program amongst Nigerian private universities. You know, Landmark University is the Winner's Chapel College. And again, when I went over there, you tell me a church got a college, I'm thinking one building. No, it was an entire campus. Bigger than the one downtown for Georgia State. But now, on top of that, then Bishop Oedipo has his own foundation where he gives 1.5 million U.S. dollars every year in scholarships to students. Single mothers with children are given the startup money to start a business as long as they have the business plan. I found out all this when I was there. Bishop Oedipo subsidizes bus fare for all of his church members. The largest financial gift ever given to the Rwanda government to help them was given by Winner's Chapel, Bishop Oyedipo. The state government in Osun, which is a state there, was helped by Winner's Chapel with provisions, food, and cash when the government couldn't pay their own workers for eight months. They couldn't pay their own workers for eight months, so Bishop Oyedipo said, okay, fine, we'll go ahead and pay them then. None of this makes news. None of this makes news. And, and what I'm sharing with you, that's not even 10%. The Red Cross... Y'all know who the Red Cross is, right? The company with the Red Cross. The Red Cross commended Bishop Oedipo because he has given the largest financial gift to Red Cross in welfare and aid in the last 50 years. Countless millions are given to the poor in the forms of cash, housing, cars, clothes, food. When I was over there, they said the only individuals we don't help is a single man. We'll make him live an athlete. He need to learn how to get himself together. They said if a man got a family, they said we help him. If a single mother with children, they said we give them the money. Anybody that has a business plan, that the church that the church has saved money for 35 years and has never touched anything that they saved. The whole thing, organization is run on 30%. I heard it's down to 10, but I don't know if that's true. Hey, Bishop Oyedipo does not take a salary from the church and receive no money from the 40 books he has written. His money comes from farms and plantations that he started. None of this makes news. But when he flew out on a jet to Sierra Leone, Liberia, and Ghana to give aid, what became viral was the fact that he was flying a private plane. They said he should have flew commercial. As they said in Nigeria, they said, you will never be able to satisfy those who represent the gates of hell. And then after he flew over there and they talked about him, the president, Sierra Leone president, thanked Winter Chapel for the relief package to the citizens. That didn't make news. Nigerian churches right now attract the largest number of tourists in Nigeria. 
does not make news. The Nigerian church's infrastructural development is amongst the highest in Nigeria, even above businesses. That doesn't make news. Nigerian churches are now the foremost player in education at all levels in Nigeria. That doesn't make news. Okay, why? Because the Church of Christ will never be able to satisfy the gates of hell. It's okay for them to prosper in their sin, but we are not allowed to prosper in our righteousness. Okay? And let me say this, because a lot of Christians need to be adjusted. You know, when somebody is on there, people say, you know, a lot of Christians are against God increasing. But let me, I want to just get this last point. God is neither, if God, God is either for prosperity or he is against it. Now, remember something, folk. When God is against something, he is totally against it. No ifs, no ands, no buts about it. But when God is for something, he's for it without limitations. Always remember that. Anything that God is for, because he's for, for it, is righteous, so there is no limit given to it. John 10.10, 10, Amplified Version. The thief only comes in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life. And have it in what? Abundance to the full till it overflows. Why? How many know that God is for life? And since I'm for life, I'm for life without any limitations. Because anything that I'm for is allowed to flow in unlimited. How many know that God is for joy? Why do you think the Bible says that God did these things so we could have fullness of joy? Why, he say, why do you think he said, ask me for anything you want so that your joy can be full? Because when it comes to joy, because he's for joy, it's always unlimited. How many know God is for peace? That's why the scripture says he wants your peace to run like a river. How many know a river can't be contained? Anything that God is for, there is no ceiling. How many know God is definitely for the spirit? He gave us his Holy Spirit. John 3.34, the amplified version. For since he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, proclaims God's own message, God does not give him his spirit sparingly or by measure, but boundless is the gift God makes of his spirit. Anything that God is for, it never has a cap, folk. Because I'm going to say something in a minute that's going to help you understand this. Now, for just in case, let me say something right quick for you all that have been Bible students that have heard this. How many of you have heard that Jesus had the spirit without measure and we don't? How many have heard that? Raise your hand if you've heard that. Okay. I have always felt that that was 100% wrong. For you all that have King James versions of the Bible, go back and read it later. King James version of the Bible, when he had the Bible translated to the King James, every once in a while they would add words in there to try to help you understand it. When you read that verse from the King James, it says, for God giveth the spirit without measure unto him. If you take out those italicized words, it does not say that. It says God gives the spirit without measure. In other words, I don't have a lesser of the Holy Spirit than Jesus had. Because anything that God is for is unlimited. Okay? I'm just doing a little simple. This is a little simple teaching because next weekend we're going to kick high gear. Romans 8.32. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him for us all, gave him up for us all, won't he also freely give us everything else? Everything else. I gave you Jesus. How many know he's definitely for Jesus? And because God is for you prospering, he said, I give you, he, he didn't say everything else as long as it's spiritual. Everything else as long as it has a cap. He said, I will freely give you everything else because Jesus is the most important. So surely I will give you anything else that's less important. How many believe that your nice house is less important than Jesus? So God's attitude is if I gave you Jesus, why well, I got a problem with you having a nice house? And I guess Lee Ray Thompson, I just wave at people on the way to the bank. Hey, y'all, how y'all doing? Mark 10, 29. 
Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brother, he didn't say every preacher, he said everyone. Everyone who has given up house or brothers or sister or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in his lifetime in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and property. But it's going to come with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. So he ain't talking about you're going to get a hundredfold return when you go to heaven. So, so I'm just trying to give it. This is just a little simple thing. It's probably going to affect more people that's on the outside versus one inside because y'all have seen me go down this line before. Y'all, the Bible says that if you, whatever you give up for the Lord, he's going to give it back to you a hundredfold before you die. So you might want to be very, very careful who you judge in this category. Because there's this thing always floating around where people just attack megachurches because they're megachurches. Well, I'm going to end up being, who knows, a gazillion megachurch. Y'all, we're not supposed to say, well, you know what, y'all, let's have a board meeting. And, uh, okay, well, what level does the church need to get to before we start putting up a, um, what's the sign they put up on a hotel? Um, when you, no vacancy. If people keep joining it, what is the problem? Y'all know what I'm saying? I think that's jealousy. I mean, if you open up a business, if you open up a business and, 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 and 100 people showed up the first month and then 200 people show up the next month and then 300 people show up the next month, what do you do? You expand to make room for more. It's obvious that you have something, whether it's wrong or right, good or bad. It's obvious that you have something people want to listen to. People crack me up being against megachurches. CNN even did their own study and they said megachurches, megachurches do a whole lot more than small churches. Because the numbers alone, y'all, y'all follow me? Okay. So, um, so I just want you to be careful in this regard because there's going to be one of the things about churches like this that when you get to this stage, a new and strange prosperity begins to come throughout the members. There's a lot of people getting ready, that, not getting ready, that are, are starting businesses, going into certain fields, real estate, stock market, and the Lord is going to blow on this because the church has paid a price. And so Jesus said, now, when I begin to blow on your prosperity, when I begin to blow on your relationships, when I begin to blow on your promotions, I mean, I just had a guy, I mean, just, just a little simple thing. There's one guy, he just, he just filled out for something, not even, don't even, doesn't even have a, 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 a degree in this particular area. Follow one little small instruction, and boom, got a raise, $21,000. You know, with a, with a bonus of like 10 grand, something crazy like that, twice a year, something crazy, I don't even know. It's, you know, and so when the Lord begins to blow on it, Okay, some of your family members are going to have a problem with that. Those that are not living right, they're going to have a problem with it. The unbelievers, because the Lord has taken us into an arena of a strange wealth. Not strange wealth so we can be big baller shot callers. Hey, look at us. It's not the purpose for that. How many of you know that when you water the grass, the garden hose gets wet? So God is going to be blessing us, and as a result of him blessing us to be a blessing, we also get blessed. Okay? And now, let me, let me say this last thing. When... Because one of the things that my wife and I were talking about yesterday, we were talking about John Gray situation. We were talking about mentality. Everybody say mentality. That's what preachers do when they need to take a break for a second. They have you repeat one word. Touch five people. I don't need to touch five people. That's them. If you really pay attention, pay attention to these preachers. When they tell you touch five people and tell them God is good. So you're saying God is good, God is good. He's looking at his nose. Okay, I forgot my point. I want to go. Hey. And so, because y'all remember this, is that every person in here, has a limitation when it comes to prosperity in that category. You have a limitation. 
So, so, so watch this. Let's take, let's take three Christians. The, the, the Christian that has a house, let's say, for $200,000. He has a home for $200,000. He doesn't have a problem with that level of prosperity. Okay? But, and that's his limit. But as soon as one of his brothers or sisters get a house that costs one million, now he says that's too much. Based on who? God or you? You understand what I'm saying? See, and so what happens is because if I'm wrong with a $1 million house, you're wrong with the $200,000 house. Because the same way that I get a million and come down to $200,000, you can get rid of the $200,000 and go to a $30,000 house. So meanwhile, back at the ranch, the guy with the $30,000 house, well, he's cool with that. He doesn't want any more. He thinks people that say they don't want, they're just lying to themselves. You are created and engineered by God to always want more. All you got to do is go to a kindergarten class. And what do you plan on being? I'm going to have a rocket ship. I'm going to have five of them. I'm going to own several universes. I'm going to buy my mama this. I'm gonna... No, those kids talk bigger than you can imagine. Following with 20, I'm just trying to make it. Because they were listening to the parents. Okay? So, so the guy with the $30,000 house, that's his limit. And so he has a problem with the guy's prosperity at a $100,000. Now, what's interesting is, is that, and then the guy, watch this, the guy with the million dollar house, that might be his limit. He has a problem with the guy who has a mansion that costs 20 million. What's interesting is, God has not a problem with either four of them. See, so what I'm trying to get you to understand is, is that Christians say that they're for prosperity, where if you're for it, you have to be for completely like God is. Because God ain't nervous, you are. And, 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 and what God is getting ready to do with, with ministries that are in the will of God. Now, the ones that are playing games, they're going to be struggling for the rest of their life. But the ones that are in the will of God, God is going to set a table right before you in the presence of your enemies. See, he does that. Why would he set a table of blessing in the scripture right in the presence of your enemies? Because he don't care what your enemies got to say about your stuff. You know, I don't really talk on this a lot, but I'm talking about it tonight. Y'all know I'm not one of God. I very rarely teach on finances and prosperity. But that's the thing for you to get, get you to understand. Watch this. One person, they're good with CarMax. There are individuals who they will not buy a new car. They will only go to CarMax and spend $15,000, $20,000. Watch this. Most millionaires, 85 so percent of millionaires, have never bought a car that cost over $42,000. Most people don't know that. Okay, it's your cousin down the street. They got a car that costs more than his house. Okay. So, but $42,000, okay? So, but watch this though. Watch this. Is that somebody buys a car at CarMax and they're like, man, my limit is fifteen dollars I'm not going to never buy a new car. That's wonderful. So then they have a problem with somebody like me that bought a $45,000 car for my wife. They didn't have a problem with that. Uh, uh, I mean, they, they rebuked Benny Hinn because he had a Mercedes that cost $43,000. Really? I know people in my neighborhood that got something more expensive than that. It's land. And I, don't, I ain't in one of them plush plans in the neighborhood. I mean, I'm in a nice neighborhood. But y'all you know, know what I'm saying. Some of y'all live in apartment buildings and somebody got a Land Rover. What are you doing? He might be the resident <laughs> drug dealer. Who knows? Okay? Say, but, so so y'all get my point. $45,000. So, so then what happens is, watch this. I get a car that costs $45,000. But then, but then maybe somebody in here, you get, then get a car that costs hundred and twenty grand. And yeah, she said, okay, I'll take that. So will I. You get a car that costs 120 grand. Now I'm mad at you, and then I and I call you out of order because you love prosperity. No, when it comes to prosperity, we either are allowed to have it or not. If we're not allowed to have it, we all need to go and find a clunker and catch the bus. 
God doesn't have a, y'all, let me tell you something. God is so unlimited. He said, your Ferraris and your Rolls Royces are poverty. He said, I'm so unlimited. He said that if you just pick up one little small piece of cement in heaven, it'll cost more than your whole neighborhood because we pave our streets up here with gold. You are a part of that kingdom right now. Jesus said, you belong to me. He said, you are one with me. You become a part of that kingdom. You are an ambassador. An ambassador is somebody that is from another country. He's in one country representing another one. Y'all, when you study ambassadors, when they're going into another country, they ain't try. First of all, if they send me as the United States ambassador to Nigeria, they're not about to ask for Nigeria to bring their plane to come pick me up. Because the ambassador is supposed to go based on the transportation of the country that he represents. Now, the only time that I have to change my dress, when an ambassador, they don't go over there with cheap suits. They have two. $3,000 suits. When you go over there, the only reason why you change your dress is to make them comfortable because of their cultural. That's why Paul said that I will become all that I might win some. See, I'm only changed because you uncomfortable. So, so if it's a woman ambassador, yeah, I might have to put on some type of headdress. I might have to put on some type of, some type of Chinese or African type of garb because y'all got all of this cultural stuff. So we only did that in order to win you. But, but, but if it's not that, we're flying on our airplanes, we're eating our own food, we, we're running our own money, running our own gas. Everything is supplied from that kingdom. Here we are, ambassadors. We actually are already members of heaven, and God wants us to live in a tool shed to say that we represent him. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. I'm singing it wrong. Just now. For what? I'm supposed to leave my kingdom and come into your raggedy one? I told you right now, when my friend let me drive his Ferrari, it was amazing. I could get all the type of people to come to church when I. And when the Lord had somebody bless me with that $45,000 car years ago, took that car, I was working a part-time job at Verizon, and there was a guy named Bob. He was always making fun of me as a preacher. He thought I was a preacher because I carried a Bible, you know, had a little small Bible. You know, back then, if you carried a Bible, they thought you were a preacher because Christians didn't, you know, y'all know what I'm saying. And Bob, when he saw that car, that man came to church the next Sunday. He was the first one at the altar, gave his life to Christ and joined the choir off of a car. See, so you have to be very, very careful because God has no limitation to this. So if you find yourself judging somebody because their car costs more than yours, you have disqualified yourself from getting anything that's greater. God does not have a problem with folk what you got a problem with. He just does not. Okay. So you're going to have to be very, very careful when you judge somebody because they got a $250,000 sports car or they got a house outside your range. You don't know how they got Because let me tell you something. I have already told my wife, I don't know if it's going to be a Porsche or Ferrari or Lamborghini. I plan on getting one before I leave. Y'all don't mind leaving out the planet. I mean, I got another 50 years to go, so, you know, but, you know, once I get my kids in college and, and working on some other stuff, and I would love to have a Ferrari. I just love the way that they sound. I've driven them before. I mean, y'all, it's exhilarating. Serious. I almost got in trouble one time when I raced that Viper down the freeway and my wife was with me. Ooh-wee! If I bring that up right now, she gets mad. Cause my wife, she don't like all of that, okay? But anyway, that's another thing. Okay, so, but Bible says that God gives us richly all things to enjoy. He never said that there was a limit to it, y'all. And, and when you go back, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm almost done. When you go back and you read the Bible, look at what they were walking in. Look at what Sop... I mean, God told Solomon, not only I'm going to make you rich, even though you didn't ask. He said, when I'm done making you rich, they will always say that you were the richest king that ever lived. 
Solomon was doing crazy stuff. He would get ivory and carve it into a piece of furniture, and then he would overlay the ivory furniture with gold. See, I'm limited. Dude, don't, don't waste that ivory. Nobody is going to see it. But, but no, and he was like, no, 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 this is how we roll, dude. And God didn't have a problem with it. Because you know why? You know why God never had a problem with a man's prosperity in the Bible? Because it was all lower level shadows of what we're going to live in in heaven. Come on, you think anybody's mansion down here looks better than yours in heaven? And the Bible says you are a member of the kingdom. So all I'm saying is be careful how you judge because, watch this, you'll judge somebody, you'll judge some businessman or even some preacher that got a Learjet. Find out how he got it first and what he's using it for before you judge him. If you see some guy, there are a lot of guys. Joel Steen got a guy. I never forget I was at a church and my friend, he had this Ferrari. And one of the ministers came out the door because his first one was a Ferrari Testarossa. The other one, the, the next one he bought was a 348 Spider. So he pulled up to the church and they said, this is yours. And the pastor had a Corvette. They said, this is yours. He said, yes. How many know a Corvette around that time? That Corvette was probably around 45, 50,000. Uh, the Ferrari was like around 200. No, Ferrari was more like around 160. It doesn't matter. It was double the price of a Corvette. And, and, and when he pulled up and had a car more expensive than the pastor, one of the ministers told him he had to go back and take it to the dealership. Why? He said, because your pastor don't have a car like that, so you can't be living above him. Well, you, you tell the pastor, until he pay my bills, I'm going to be living however one of See? <laughs> First of all, who are you? Are you the representation and the liaison for car purchases at the church or something? You speaking on his behalf, telling me I got to get rid of, if I got to get rid of my Ferrari, he got to get rid of, oh shoot, he got to get rid of his Corvette. I just realized people are going to be listening to this knowing what I'm talking about, but that's all right. That minister is dead and gone to glory, getting his comeuppance. Okay, so, so, you know, so let me tell you what I have vowed to do. I have vowed to keep my mouth off of people that I don't know what I don't know what they've done. I don't know. Jesus promised you, not preachers. Jesus promised you. He said, if you give stuff up for me early on, he said, I'm going to return it to you. Y'all remember what it said? He said, houses with an S and lands. And so as a result of that, one of the things that you'll find is that when the Lord is rewarding you, not everybody, sometimes for some people, when the Lord rewards them, he's going to lead them into real estate. Okay, so keep your mouth off these guys and just pray for your brothers and sisters. Don't be against mega churches. We need big churches. Y'all, can y'all imagine? Never mind. So, and again, I don't listen to no sinner tell me nothing about nobody. Okay? I mean, y'all, come on. Why is it that nobody ever says anything about them paying $300 million for a guy to hit a ball across a baseball field? You're not even playing in the whole game. you just coming out there every 30 minutes, swing away, and then you go sit back down and chew some gum. And you're going to pay him $300 million for this? 
They don't have no problem paying the golfers, the basketball players, the football players, the soccer players. They don't have a problem paying the rappers, all of these yuck mouth rappers talking about just pillaging all of the women, taking all of your money, talking all of this foul stuff. Oh, it's okay for them to do that. I'm not against paying anybody. Y'all, who is it? Um, what's the dude that became the first billionaire rapper with beats? Dr. Dre. Nobody was complaining when he became a billionaire and signed that contract with Apple, all of these movie stars, all of these business magnets. I mean, all of these individuals, let them prosper away, let them smoke, let them drink, let them get high, let them cheat on their wives, let them go to the strip club, let them gamble, let them cuss, let them be against God, let them be against church, let them prosper away. But the moment a pastor, after being faithful for his wife for 30 years and been running a church for 25 years with no scandal, if he buy his wife a car that costs too much in your category, he is all of a sudden a false preacher. The sinners are allowed to prosper. I mean, y'all, and I don't, y'all, let me tell you something. If they're going to pay me $300 million to do this, whoosh, man, if I had that skill, y'all might not see me. <laughs> I'm just, ain't nothing, nothing wrong with that. Let me tell you something. That's wisdom. If they're going to pay you $300 million to do something like that, you better get that money. Y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> you better get, if they're if they going to do something stupid, let me tell y'all something. Some of y'all got the wrong paycheck on the job and you deposited it anyway. They gave me 5000 instead of 500 And I'm going to go ahead and deposit this in case this is the blessing of the Lord. Some of y'all said, I'm going to just, if it's, some of y'all did this. If it's wrong, I'm going to just have to pay it back month by month. Y'all, it is on. Real, it is okay for a, a, a rapper or somebody in music to talk about fornication and death and smoking weed and popping bottles and being at the strip club. It is okay for him to prosper, but the individuals that are actually getting people saved from eternal hellfire, getting marriages put back together, casting demons out of individuals. Getting people healed of incurable diseases, causing relationships to come back together. All of the stuff that we do. Yeah, them folk, make sure you don't give them a dime. And y'all, there's something that I learned a long time ago. God does not agree with you. And there's something else I learned. God has no problem giving you what you ask for in the face of persecution. He does not care what people think, period. He does not care. And let me tell you something. How many of you know, the God, these pastors that use these Lear jets to be able to hit four countries within 24 hours because they own time schedules and doing all this type of stuff. How many of you know, if they do give the jet away, they still ain't coming. How many of you know that if John Gray does sell his Lamborghini and then give the whole money to do the roof, how many of you know D.L. Hughley ain't coming to his church? They ain't even going to visit. And they're not going to stop talking about him negative. They'll just move on to the next item to talk about him with. They're going to talk about you either way. And the scripture says that the, it, that was just one. It says the scripture, it says that the, uh, um, that the sinners will be envious of the righteous. And that they will gnash their teeth. They will want to destroy you in case. There's so many scriptures talk about that. That's why the Bible says, yeah, their wealth is laid up for the just. Why is it God? How can we be broke when God said the wealth of the sinner is laid up for us? 
it is wealth, right? And if it comes to us, we become wealthy, right? But God wants us to be broke. How are you supposed to be broke, but he wants you to be wealthy at the same time? See, this is what happens when, when people start, well, the sinners, they don't count because they're stupid anyway. But, but, but when it comes to religious people, they just get religious. They think, I'm going to say this again, then I'm done, I think. I said this Sunday, and I think I said this last Wednesday, get out of your religious thinking when it comes to this Christian walk. There was never supposed to be a Bible. There was never supposed to be Jesus dying on the cross. There was never supposed to be the blood of Jesus Christ. There was never supposed to be an angel assigned to you. There was never supposed to be speaking in tongues. There was never supposed to be, watch this, the word of God that we confess. None of that stuff was ever supposed to exp uh, exist. There were never supposed to be churches or church services. It was never supposed to be prayer. It was only supposed to be worship. It wasn't even supposed to be worship. It was just communion with God. Why do you think the Bible says God would come down into the garden at the same time to fellowship with Adam? The same way that you fellowship with your own child. None of this stuff was ever exist because God created another version of himself. He created another being and created life. And when Adam messed that up, all of this stuff exists for the purpose of getting us back to life. That's why Jesus said, I did not come to give you church services. I did not come to give you religion. He said, I came so that you might have life and that more abundantly. In other words, I simply came to restore to you what Adam and Eve lost. That's all I can. And in order for you to walk in the dominion that they walked in, you're going to need our help. So we're going to have to place the Holy Ghost in you to help you get to that level of life. You're going to need the word of God to get you to that level of life because they drop so low that y'all actually think a million dollar house is prosperity. That's what y'all actually believe, that if somebody got a Ferrari, that that is impressing heaven. That is trash to them. Y'all actually think that's prosperity. God up here. Yeah. Yeah, they shouldn't have got that car. While he looking at you through his streets of gold. A, a whole city where the streets are gold. I want y'all to just think about that for a second, how crazy that is, where there is no cement up there. Everything, every street is gold. That's all it is, gold, like glass. And it says it's a city 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long, and 1,500 miles high. It says the whole city is made out of gold. But he got a problem because you, you want a Lexus. Worried about what your broke family members think. You know, I don't normally teach on financial things, but you got to address these things because of where the Lord has taken us. So, you know, I'm, uh, I haven't even had this conversation with my wife yet about us just kind of changing our image. And a lot of my a lot of pastors, I noticed that. Never mind. How I many you know it's, it's OK to look good. It's OK to look cool. It's OK to be man. We man, we're going to do some stuff. And why they talking about us, we're still as long as we do it right, as long as we're not doing no. Y'all know what I'm saying. I don't even know I got to explain this to y'all because y'all know how I am. So I want you to judge that because even my wife says, she says, wow. She says, I realize that I have tolerances. And, and I think just, she said, and I can look at someone, what someone else has and say it's excessive. When actually it's too excessive for me. It's not too excessive for God. 
That's why you have some people in this world. Chick-fil-A makes so much money. McDonald's just might want to give up. We can't even do it. Little, what, little, little sorry, uh, what is it? Uh, what's the little chicken place? Other oh, chicken place. Zaxby's had the nerve to make fun of them on the Super Bowl because they closed on Sunday. See, let me get this right. You making fun of us? You open seven days a week. We're open six. And we run in circles around your little Zaxby's chicken shop. Gave, gave two of my kids $2,500 scholarships apiece last month. Psh, made me want to go work at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? First thing God tells Abraham when he shows up, he didn't say nothing about no church services. He didn't say nothing about nothing except for he said, Abraham, first thing he told Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. He said, and I'm going to make you rich. And in you, all families of the earth will be blessed. I don't know what makes us think that we serve some God that is infatuated and impressed with poverty. Something that God does not comprehend because it does not exist in heaven and it did not exist in the beginning. That was not even a word that would exist if they would. Okay, so. So I'm just encouraging y'all because some of y'all, some of you in here even now, you know, the Lord is leading you into things. You've been a little bit discouraged. You got to keep pushing because let me tell you something. You, you got to keep pushing because Satan does not want you to prosper. The last thing that darkness wants to prosper is the ones that are going to do right by the finances. The devil ain't interested in you prospering. And at any given moment, God tells you to open up something and bless somebody with a house and you do it. He's not interested in you having that type of money. Because the sinners, they ain't giving, they're not giving that away. You know what I'm saying? It's amazing. So I'm not, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not mad at Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. How much Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather make on his last fight? How much? Three, it wasn't worth like 300? It's something like 300, 350 million. Okay, now watch this. What they do is, is they make $350 million and then after the fight, they give a scholarship for $3,000 to a school. And everybody's like, oh, ain't that a blessing? $3,000? That ain't nothing. You just made $300 million. And then what, I, I, Floyd, I ain't mad at you. If you want to spend the money on five cars, what does he go out there and do? Buy all of this jewelry? Nobody complains. Goes out there, buy him another Bugatti? Nobody complains complains goes out there and run a yacht for three months and have all of these women around here nobody complains and the truth be told y'all the Christians are more infatuated with the sinners prosperity than the sinners are and the reason why you so infatuated with it because you're looking at what you're supposed to be walking in I mean not the women and all that type of stuff y'all know what I'm saying <laughs> richest man in Australia Peter Daniels Christian man was an illiterate bricklayer, got saved at a Billy, Gray, Billy Graham crusade. And when they told him he was a son of God, he said, if I'm a son of God, it doesn't matter if I'm illiterate. He said, I can work myself to a status. And he became the richest man in Australia. And, and, and back then, he had already given $300 million to evangelism. $300 million. So if you think Satan is going to stand idly by and let the church increase in this, knowing that we're going to feed the very individual that he's trying to send to hell, and bless them with cars and bless them with houses and do all of these things that we've talked about? No. Yep. So I'm telling you. So I hope y'all gonna get used to us being talked about. 
We can just rent a bus and just wave. Bless you. Wouldn't want to be you. Okay. So, and so with that, let me just say this last thing and we're done. You know, in, in a dream last night, there was an experience where I was shown to teach dream interpretation on the weekends and the ministry of angels midweek. So this weekend we'll move over into the first teaching on how to interpret dreams. And then next Wednesday we'll move over into the ministry of angels. Um, as a great preacher, he said that he saw the Lord showed him an angel. He said the angel, he, the, the, the Lord gave him his vision. He said it was an angel standing before him. And he said he had on some type of brown garment. And he said inside the brown garment, he said all of the angels' clothes were encrusted with diamonds, real ones. You know how y'all like buy them gowns with them little fake things on them. And they, stay, they still shine. They still shine, you know. But, but in heaven, they don't fake it till they make it. Okay, they, they got it for real. He said the whole angel's outfit was encrusted with diamonds. And, and, he, and, and he said the Lord was in the vision with him. He said, who is that? He said, that's your prosperity angel. He said, that's the one that works on your behalf to give you favor when you go into certain arenas and to make certain things happen and to make you increase and give you favor with customers and all of that type of stuff. He said, he doesn't get too much work because Christians don't believe in that. They just think they're supposed to give tithes and offerings and then just confess the promise and wait for a bunny rabbit to show up at their front door with $10 million. Won't he do it? No, he, he, he won't. Ain't no billionaires out in the world. They don't use that silly language, y'all. I'm not saying we're wrong for all that type of stuff and playing around. But, y'all, in the real world, they're not going around talking about, won't he do it? No. They have one party because they have worked blood, sweat, and tears for six months to make this deal happen. And they are relentless with it. You can do it with God's favor. There's so much that we are missing on. And so, you know, um, so I'm going to be doing that with the dreams. Um, this inner healing thing is a big issue. Um, a lady reached out to me here just in the last couple of days. She found out about our ministry. And um, she'd been dealing with a demonic spirit harassing her sexually for 20 years, she said. She said, I've been dealing with this for 20 years. And she said, my church doesn't teach what y'all teach. And she said, here's the crazy thing. She, said, she says, somebody else that doesn't go to your church told me about it. She says, I've been listening, so I'm reaching out asking for help. And she said, I got a bunch of other friends that are waiting on me to give the answer to see if you will help me. That's just one from yesterday. We're dealing with this every single day. See, so I don't mean that lightly when I say the enemy really is coming for us. Because he's he looking at this one church that's just like a define everything in the United States. Y'all, this stuff is real. And, and I, don't know what's, I don't know where the church got off track, but... When Jesus came on the scene, they had gotten off track. And, uh, and people are reaching out to us in droves. So it's a lot of things that I got to do very quickly to establish some things. So um, with inner healing and having teams, uh, we, really don't, we really don't want you to just jump into it because there's a need. We want to make sure that you go into it because you believe that the Lord wants to lead you down that path. You have a calling. You believe the Lord is leading. Now, it's okay if you felt you had a leading and then you get into it. And then you're like, no, I don't think this is quite for me. That's okay. There's some things you'll learn after you actually do it. But that's going to be a huge need. I mean, can you, can you imagine, I was, Garnett and I were talking here recently. And we're saying, because that's going to happen quickly. Can you imagine when we have 100 people in the congregation 
and all of them know how to work inner healing. All of them know how to cast out demons. All of them know how to do all that. Type of stuff. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine, though, what the Lord is going to send when you have that many people that are qualified? We don't know what's getting ready to happen. So inner healing, others after this dream series, others are going to be preaching along with me. Because um, after he finishes the dream series, I believe I'm supposed to move over into a full series on demonology and the occult. So when I, that's going to be very exhaustive. I got to pray about how to do that because I don't want to just preach it. I got to give opportunity for people to be delivered from stuff. So, so I won't be preaching it alone. I'll be preaching it. My wife will be preaching it. Um, um, Garnett and Francia, even Marlon and Shunika maybe end up preaching it with that. Um, but you're going to have to get used to that. You're going to have to get used to other people praying, other people teaching. We're getting ready to attack Riverdale full strength. Let us know if you are interested in throughout the week hitting that community, talking to people, engaging them, passing our cards, getting their number, inviting them to church. You know, thank you for being patient with me about the small groups because I'm getting ready to uh, start that within the next couple of weeks. I have the list. If you haven't signed that list and you're interested in that, being a small group leader, that's going to be done more from a pastoral point of view where, you know, as these people come in, we can assign them to you. Some groups may meet once a week. Others may meet once every two weeks. Others may meet once a month. I'm not going to make every group be the same. But 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 you all, this is where the real work of the ministry in the Bible, the power was there because the people were doing the work of the ministry, not just coming to church services, soaking up the anointing, you know, and enjoying the presence of the Lord. Nothing wrong with that, you know, but um, but uh, we get ready to go full, full attack mode. And um, and we're going to need your help from children's church to worship to all those things. The cool thing is that we'll have a place for everybody. And so, you know. Be looking at where you think you belong, whether it be evangelism on the street. We want to have people out there throughout the day, just not on a Saturday, but throughout the week where you go out and, and we want to focus on Riverdale. I'm not focusing on here right now. I need to focus everything on Riverdale and because we got to build two different platforms at the same time. So ministers, I'm getting ready to start ministry training classes on, on some Saturdays, an hour before service, business training for business, um, all of these things. This location is going to be a workhouse center. To teach people how to flow in what they believe they're called to do. Business, ministry, dreams, inner healing, regular healing. That's another division that we're getting ready to start very soon. Where people that are sick, they may, instead of coming to here, they may go down there to their own service where all this focused on is healing. You'll go there until you get healed. John G. Lake in the 1900s, he had something called healing rooms. And when you were sick, you went to the healing room and you didn't leave until you were healed. And I think for most people, the maximum amount of time it would take would be like maybe three weeks. It might be a week. Okay, but, but you left healed, no matter what you had, incurable or not. No such thing as something incurable. Y'all know this guy, Nipsey, that just, uh, the rapper, is that his name, Nipsey? So there are some things that happen. There are some things that happen. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. There are some things that happen, and there's a shroud of mystery behind it. Because he was getting ready to make this film about this African man who had proven that he could heal anything. AIDS, herpes, cancer, lupus, he could heal anything. He is the only individual in the United States that they took to court for illegally practicing medicine and he won. Representing himself. They were getting ready to make the movie about this guy and they were using this rapper, he was going to play the part. 
And there's something that's going on. That's very, let me tell you something. When I tell you that as a church, I'm going to threaten everybody. You know, my pastor does that. And they don't threaten back because they know. But y'all, there's something that is mysterious going on. Y'all know Laura Hare Smith that spoke at our Dreams Conference. She was very scared to go into where the Lord was leading her, which is into natural medicine through herbs and different things like that. And the reason why she was so scared is because there were over 20 individuals that had been killed that went into that area. I'm telling you, you can sit up here and coincidence, oh, that's just coincidence. No, I saw something today and it was a doctor. And he said, the first day of medical school, this is the thing you must learn, is that a healed patient is a lost customer. And so this rapper, he was getting ready to make this movie. And I watched an interview by this guy. And it was the last interview that this guy had before he died. And the interviewer told him, he said, you got a cure for all this? He said, yes. And the guy told him that they, I'm giving you the short version. They took him to court. At, at first, what happened was after he had healed his 13th AIDS patient through herbs, his mama told him, she says, they coming for you, boy. He said, mama, what do you mean they coming for me? She said, number one, they come on for you because of the color of your skin. And she said, number two, she says, you from Africa. And number three, she says, you have defied the medical community. They come up for you. He said, sure enough. <laughs> he said, just a few weeks later, here they come and they arrested him. He said, his family member all moaning and groaning, hollering and screaming. He said he was rejoicing because he knew that they were going to take him to court, but they wasn't ready for his evidence. They took him to court. It was a woman judge. And he represented himself. And, um, and uh, he said that when he represented himself, he asked the judge three questions. He said, judge, first question. He said, I want you to tell me yes or no. First question. He says, does not the scripture say that the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations? That was his first question. She said, yes. And so the second question was based on the composite makeup of the body. And the composite makeup of herbs are the same. And that the body will always accept what it is. Like begets like. And if you put herbs in the body, it works like an electrical current and the body accepts it. And I can't remember what the third one was. So long story short, this is what the man had. Not only he had his own personal testimony, but he also had all of the scientific evidence, research and all of his own results that proved that he had actually gotten these results. And because of all of his evidence, the, doc, the, the judge finally said, sir, you have proven to me with the evidence that you have done this. She says, but in order for you to win this case, she said, you're going because and it was nine different areas of sickness that he had gotten results in nine different areas. She said, sir, in order for this case to be closed and for you to win, she says, you're going to have to bring me one witness from each one of those areas of sickness that got healed. She asked for nine. He showed up with 77. That's how you kill him. That's how I roll. <laughs> showed up with 77. Case dismissed. You can go. Because we don't have nothing here. Hmm? See, this is what I mean by the level of wickedness. And see, that man may not have had a church backing him or he may not have been a strong Christian. I don't even know if he was a Christian or all. I don't know. I mean, that's the first thing he quoted was the Bible. But, you know, but, but men out here are dying and they're being killed by the dark side. Most of you don't know that Tupac gave his life to Christ 
just a few days before he got killed. Most people don't know that. He was in a church. And the pastor, he had went to, and everybody was freaking out because he was down front and the pastor told him, he said, sir, are you serious? He said, yes. He said, because if you're serious, he said, you have to be serious. He said, because you're getting ready to change an entire generation. Tupac told him, so he said, I'm serious. He said, okay. He said, because I'm telling you, it's going to be crazy. I mean, when people give their life to Christ, they don't immediately stop going to the club. People give their life to Christ and they still smoke and they love Jesus, but they don't know. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all know y'all were crazy. Y'all, Joyce Myers gave her, how many of I know who Joyce Myers is? Joyce Myers gave her life to Christ and she was doing a Bible study by smoking. Think about it, you come to my Bible study, you walk in the door and I'll, how you doing today? Praise the Lord. <laughs> she didn't know any better. God doesn't flinch at that type of stuff. You didn't fall off, oh, God ain't, oh, he like, they're a baby. Simple. I mean, it take time to get this stuff right. And then when you do get there, you still like, Jesus, help me. Okay. So I don't even know why I said all of that, but I'm just, I just, it just came out the clear blue for me to just share that. But, but, and so that's why Lord Harris Smith was scared to go down this route is that you have things that are diabolical in nature and, and the kingdom of darkness visits you and they try to take you out because of the impact. They've already visited us several times. The problem is they can't do nothing with this lion. That's the difference because of the authority that we walk in and the power that we walk in, we are holding this dude back. He cannot do nothing. He can't, you know what? Oh, you the post said something that was so good. And this is where I close. You know what he said? He said, you cannot kill me because I have already reduplicated myself in other men. How many of you know that's his church? That's this church right here. You know what I'm saying? See, that's the difference between all of the congregation members looking to one dude, the pastor, to get all of their information versus the pastor teaching you how to bypass him and get the results yourself because there's no difference between the pastor and any other man that is saved. My only role is to be the messenger boy to teach you how to go faster than I did. And if I, if, how many of you know this is impossible, but if I got off track, how many of you know it's too late? I done already gave you too much. Y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so I'm telling you. So we got a huge job to do, huge job. And we're going to have to be committed. You're going to have to be faithful. You can't be half-stepping because the Lord is trying to do something that's going to shut every mouth. Y'all, I'm telling you. And we already got a model. I wish I could take all of y'all overseas to see what I saw. I, I was not mentally or spiritually prepared. And I, my wife will tell you, I'm a big thinker. I come up with stuff. My wife was like, I can't even talk to you right now. And, and I, never, I, have ne I, I was not, I have never since I've been a Christian seen something that scared me. A church that literally scared me. I mean, it is, it's not a man and it's not the people. It's Jesus living in all of them. I mean, you go on. The, I mean, you go through Nigeria, and then when you get on the property, you literally enter into another dimension. And you, and you, and you, you. When you enter into the property, you become ten pounds heavier. Feels like somebody set a ten-pound weight on your back, because the presence of God is so strong on that land. When they went and built stuff, all of the trees that were dead just came back alive. It's the most unreal thing. I ain't never seen. I never thought I saw that a day in my life. <clears throat> Never thought I would see that. And I still haven't recovered and I still haven't been able to get myself together to try even get in a position to catch up with it. 
I'm getting there because I saw something that was so way beyond me. I thought I was a big thinker until I saw that. Can I, I wish I would. I don't know. Maybe we will. That'd be crazy for us to start doing tours to Nigeria. I never saw something that they got sections in Nigeria that the churches is killing Dubai. Y'all know Dubai is a crazy nation. I know I'm way over. I don't care. Okay. But they got sections over there killing Dubai. The media only shows you the raggedy parts of the continent of Africa. They don't show you the other part, y'all. Let me tell you why. This ain't got nothing to do with white or black. It has to do with what the scripture says. The first shall be last, and the last will be first. If you want to know where these revivals and where this world-shaking stuff is coming from, it's coming from that side of the planet. It is not coming from this side. And I'm not stupid enough to let that go. Because what I saw, I was in a total state of shock. I just could not believe what I saw. I mean, some of it was slight perversion. And what I mean by that is we did the pastoral sessions and this the minister sessions and pastor Bishop Bowie, I'm sitting right there. Bishop Bowie the Poe would finish preaching, you know, and they would take him out and then the ushers would all step forward and hold back the crowds of people. And I was just like, why are they doing that? And the guys were just standing there. And the moment that usher moved out the way, all of those guys would run up to the seat that he was sitting on and run up to the podium. And, and they all just crowded around the podium, just maybe 34 of them. And they just praying. And it, they almost looked like they were demon possessed because they were praying so hard. Because the power that that man walks in, they believe that if they can get up here quick enough, that that portal that was open, that if they can pray their prayers before that thing closed, that their prayers will come to pass much faster. It's some of the most craziest things that you will ever see. And, I, and the crazy thing is, I had men that I had no idea walking up to me. I never get one guy, he walked right up to me. What's your name, sir? And I told him my name. He said, I saw you walking down the hallway. Man exposed every single area of my life. And, and, and told me, he said, the Lord sent you over here to reduplicate over in the States what you see. And I got that several times. Okay, so I'm sorry, I'm just kind of, you know, there are some things that you see and it shakes you to the core. And that's the reason why over there, over there in that land, that's getting ready to be our testimony. In that land, they don't rob those members. Over there, I mean, y'all stuff, I, I shared a couple of this with you before. Over there, just so many testimonies, you know, postcards with the pastor's picture to invite you to the church. And, and, and a lady, they, the, some thieves are trying to take her purse and snatch it, and the card falls on the ground. And when the card falls on the ground, Bishop Oedipo starts speaking to the men from the card. I mean, can you imagine that? He, his picture on the card comes to life. It comes to life, and he addresses the robber and tells them, you will die if you don't let this woman go. Y'all, that's the level that God is trying to trigger. But see, when you read the Bible and it says nothing is impossible, you don't read that for what it says. You read that based on your tolerance level. And God don't have no levels. And that's why the church has lost this generation. Because touch five people and let them know nobody's trying to hear that trash anymore. We were never supposed to hear it in the first place. Fleecing the congregation members, these dry services and moaning and groaning. You're not helping the people. And if we send a mosquito.
evil to you, you couldn't get his wings healed. Y'all know what I'm saying. See, but in order to get back to that, in order to walk in that dominion, the Lord had to keep working with us, keep working with us, keep working with us, keep working with us, and just restoring, just restoring, and just restoring to get to a place of dominion. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. And so for me as a leader, you know, you, you see yourself here, you see I'm here, but you see yourself going here. But then the Lord takes you someplace and then you realize the standard is the sky. And you got to readjust your emotions and your emotions and your drive is not even there to match going there, let alone being there. But yet that's the standard that God gave us. And then for her and others to prophesy that we're going to be bigger than that. I don't see that. That's the only thing that I've said out of my mouth is that I, I don't see. I don't see that. I just don't. Maybe through technology. I mean, no, to see the Lord is always going to have you do something that you can't see. Always. part of the week as I was in prayer God gave me a vision and he showed me you but in this vision I saw that you had God was instructing you to it was certain people he gave you and they were starting churches you was pushing them out to start churches but they was branching from underlying heart mm -hmm. and he said that it would happen so fast because that's what's going to make you bishop but not only these are the words of the Lord mock this hold this God said within five years, within five years, y'all hear this, within five years, you see where Bishop Oyedipo is at, right? God said in five years, he will double it in five years. Now you know what you saw. We haven't seen it. God said he would double it, double it in five years. So what do that mean? Each and every one of you, if you lay before God in prayer and seek his face, y'all will begin to do things that you never did before in your lifetime. Gifts that you didn't know you had will come alive. Mark what I'm telling you. What you put in is what you're going to get out. If you stay in prayer and you seek God, after you seek him, then you wait. Watch him reward you. But some of the rewards, most of the rewards will come in miracles. And what's on you will be attached to others. What do I mean by that? Everybody going to know, want to know what church you go to. I remember just this week, this week I was ministering to a woman, very high-ranked woman. Somebody told her about me, she called me. And I'm listening to her, 
pour out. I'm not getting anything. She pouring out. And then the Lord just showed me one word, critical. 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 And that's the word for this house. The same word that was given to that lady. We have to seek God like never before because decisions that you make from this day forth will be critical. They can change you, set you back. They can't stop you from getting there, but it will set you back. And God is saying he don't want us to have any more setbacks. God gave a word to me in this house, casual Christian make casualties. We can no longer be casual. Put your time in. I know it's tiring. But the Lord needs us. Amen. He and Lorana needs us. They're not going to be able to get there in five years without us. It takes commitment. Are you hearing the Lord? Trust in him with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. To go to where we are going, you can't lean to your own understanding. You can't even comprehend it. Because where we're going, we're going to be living in the supernatural every day. It should be commonplace for us. Remember these words of the prophet of this house in five years. In five years, God is doing a good thing, but a quick thing. We have power. We have authority. Oh my God. And we have his glory. We got to know who we are. We have victory running through our blood because Jesus, we have his DNA. From this day forth, you, we have to realize God kept saying it to me. The curse of lack is broken. He already made the way. But until we change our mindset, our mindset and start seeing things the way God said, how do we do that, prophetess? Reading the word, meditating on it, and taking God at his word. I was just what a situation. Just got this place. Satan threw everything in me so I couldn't have the money. I made up my mind. I ain't being depressed no more. I choose to be joyful. I said, Lord, you are my provider. I went on about my day. It got down to the last minute. I got the money. That's how we're going to be living, saints. Saints of God, that's how we're going to be living. We can't go by our job. We can't go by our paycheck. We got to go by God Almighty. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. So, Pastor, be encouraged. But God said he put a vengeance in you that would shake the nations. But humility, 
will rest on you that will call the hurting. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think we need to stand right now. Just give God praise for where he's taking us. Rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your greatness. Thank you for being almighty. Hallelujah. Thank you for making a way out of no way for us, God. Thank you, God, for every miracle that's in this room. Every person here is your miracle, God. Lord, I thank you that we will walk in divine obedience, Lord. That we will move when you say move. We will speak when you say speak. We won't make a decision without your approval, Lord.